right here. All right, welcome back to Inside TBT, season four of the show. Great episode to kick things off. This is the rundown for the next nine weeks. We're going to have a new episode of the podcast every single Thursday, each week highlighting one of the past nine TBTs because this year is TBTX, the 10th anniversary of TBT, the basketball tournament. I'm the host, Andrew Zolden, and here's the deal. Who we got on the show today? We got Marshall Henderson on the show talking about playing in the first ever TBT game. He's an Ole Miss legend, but by the time you hear the end of this interview, you're going to realize he is a TBT legend. Safe to say, without him, there maybe is no TBT. And then on the flip side of TBT number one, we got John Hara, Penn State legend on the show, talking about how they will officially be putting a Penn State team in the hat to be drawn as a TBT team. They will be applying once the application process begins. The Happy Valley Hoopers, consisting of Penn State alum. You'll hear more about that from John Hara. Exciting stuff. We're going to get to all that right now. But before we get to it, real quick we got a new tbt newsletter going out it's going to be you know every other week on thursdays line up with the podcast a lot of cool stuff in there you'll be able to see on our socials you know where where to find that on inside tbt tbt want to tell you a little bit about what's in there this week we highlighted five players from across the world who are making waves in the basketball world first up dominique jones florida tnt for tbt He's playing in China. He's averaging 26.7 points per game, 11.1 rebounds per game, 10.5 assists per game. You heard that right. My guy is averaging a triple-double, averaging a triple-double. His best game, 61 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, 5 steals, doing it on both ends of the floor. Connor Frankamp shooting 35% from three in Turkey, only averaging 13 points per game, but exploded a few weeks ago for 34 points, 10 of 14 from three, 10 threes. We know Frank Camp can get hot. Another name, maybe you don't know it very well if you don't pay attention to TBT, QJ Peterson played for the Gutter Cats last year. He's averaging 29.2 points per game, 6.2 rebounds per game, and 6.6 assists per game in China. Part of the 50-40-90 club right now, 51-41-90. His best game, he had a a few games similar to these stats, 47 points, five rebounds, six assists. I'm going to make a hot statement right now, a hot take about QJ Peterson. I think QJ Peterson will make an NBA roster eventually. I think he continues this hot ride into TBT, makes waves on ESPN, on national TV, and finds himself on an NBA team, maybe two-way contract. He's pretty damn good. You know, watch the highlights from last year with the gutter cats if you don't believe me, but that's my prediction. Mitch Creek, the money team, playing in Australia, where he's from. He's an NBL legend, averaging 23.7 points per game, six and a half rebounds, 2.6 assists. He had himself a 46 and 10 game a few weeks ago. That is big time. 46 and 10. Mitch Creek, another guy, probably would be, you know, a seventh, eighth 
best player on an NBA roster, but instead he turns around and he's the best player in the NBL, former MVP, you know, in the running for MVP this year. So that's another guy to keep an eye on as someone who, if they're back in TBT this year, will continue to dominate, played on the money team in TBT last year. And then finally, DeAndre Liggins, who played on Heartfire last year. He's playing in Saudi Arabia right now, averaging 18.4 points per game, 7.9 rebounds per game, and 5.9 assists per game. He had himself a 29-14 and 14 game, 14 rebounds. That is big time. Enough about what's going on in the present. Let's get to the past and hear from Marshall Henderson, and then we'll talk a little bit about the future and hear from John Hara talking about putting in a Penn State alumni team. Let's get to those interviews right now. All right, joining me now, Marshall Henderson, Ole Miss legend, basketball legend, catalyst to the beginning of TBT. Marshall, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Andrew. I know we've been trying for about a week now, so it's good to finally get on. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad we could finally make it work. A lot we want to touch on. But first and foremost, you literally played the first ever TBT game. So curious, you know, what was your mindset leading up to that first game? Like, what were you thinking you were you were getting yourself into? Yeah, so I was in my agent, Andre Buck. He um, is in Philadelphia. And so I went up. That was right after my uh, my senior year at Ole Miss. Go up to Philly for the summer to work out and he was just like, Oh, we're playing in like a muddy tournament. And I'm thinking, okay, it's just like, you know, like a hoop it up thing or something. And, uh, he's like, we're just going to have a bunch of guys that are represented, uh, through me and just have a bunch of pros and go play in the money tournament. I'm like, okay, cool. And then the, I think the, I think the winnings was like 500,000, the, uh, the first go around and they're like, Oh, well, we're only going to have five players. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. And, uh, you know, I look and I see some of the teams. I'm Notre Dame. I think they won it, and they had it. They had an alumni team, and there was just, you know, I see Hakeem Warwick was on my team, and I was like, oh, I was like, I don't know how young I was when he played with with Mello at Syracuse, but I definitely knew Hakeem Warwick, and I was like, okay, well, this will be great. And uh, the first game we played, uh, I think it was an NAIA team. And Hakeem just dominated. It was so awesome. I was just feeding him the ball. And, I mean, he was doing some things that I haven't seen a lot of people do. The way being able to palm a ball and uh, do certain moves. And then we ultimately got taken out by some old heads from Chicago. They just came in and busted us. And, uh, you know, that's what – that was my first experience in TBT. And then, you know, I didn't I, – I wasn't involved um, – with the setting up the team and doing the vote, the fan vote uh, process to get in. But, you know, once I saw that, and at the time it was, no one knew about it. I was like, Oh, there, there could be a potential chance here. Um, plus it's, it's something fun to do in the off season, you know, especially for a lot of pro guys are at home trying to find ways to, you know, a lot of people don't like to work out all the time. <laughs> it's better to go play in some tournaments with some cash on the line. And uh, yep. That's Wait. pretty much how I went down. When you were getting ready for your first game, when you were hearing from your agent, did you think it was legit that you could win, you know, your share of $500,000 just for winning six games? Yeah, I thought I figured so just because the the pros that the, there were pros playing in it. And so I was like, okay, there should be enough money in this tournament. Um, you know, when, you know, especially with a guy like a team you're already thinking these guys have already made that much money, you know? And so, um, 
that was, uh, yeah, I, I was like, well, this could be legit. Uh, you know, just wanted to win it to make sure it was legit. <laughs> um, so you, you then played for a few years. So mm -hmm. we obviously can see a big, big difference in TBT year one when you played. And, you know, now this is going to be the 10th tournament. But what did year two, three, four look like for you in TBT and TBT changes as a whole? Well, you know, for me, I after year one, I then took over general manager role, wanting to put a team together. And the the problem was trying to convince people that it was real. Um, and then also the first the, the the critical part is the first weekend when you have to pay your own way to win those two games is the most important part. But even then, you know, we did that and we still had guys that wouldn't take the free flight <laughs> and, and like the free hotel, you know, to go play the second rounds and stuff. And I that part I didn't understand. Um, but the first year I had a mix of kind of some of my homies from Dallas and kind of get some pros and I broke my thumb. Another guy broke his nose. Didn't go well. And then, then the next couple of years, we started to get some good teams in there. And uh, you could see the level of competition grew. Uh, there was a lot more colleges getting involved. And uh, obviously, the prize money went up um, pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, I I really enjoyed the general manager part, getting getting the fan interaction, getting the fans um, into it. I know, know Ole Miss, we put a team together, but – that didn't go well. <laughs> we got upset in the first rounds, and uh, you know it was that was that one was a little was difficult because I thought that was the, probably the most skilled team that I put together. However, these guys they hadn't seen each other in a long time, and so uh, the night before the game, it uh, we probably you know we weren't eating pasta and <laughs> resting up for the game, and so we get we actually got embarrassed, and you know that's kind of what pushed me away and to not do TBT anymore. Um, it was kind of like last, I wasn't, wasn't really playing professionally anymore. And, you know, it's it, you have to put in a lot of work as a general manager to get set up the logistics on everything, get everyone involved, really pushing them to really do it, and then getting the fans involved to vote you in. And, uh, you know, for guys, and it's not a knock on anybody, but for guys to not take it serious because it's not, you know, your guaranteed contract. And guys aren't trying to get hurt playing non-professionally for their professional contracts. And, you know, it's just, for me, I like to win at all costs. It doesn't matter if I'm in a rec league or a TBT or, you know, the SEC championship. And so I I, I can't stand when people don't take things 100% uh, serious. And so that's what ultimately got me out of TBT is because it's just really hard to get a bunch of pros that can actually win the tournament and everyone be invested in trying to win win the thing. You mentioned you mentioned fan interactions and the legitimacy growing each year and every year. You know, you played you played in some wild countries, a bunch of different places across the world. It had to be nice for you and and your teammates to like play on ESPN. Oh, definitely. You know, especially once we got that whole Miss team together, there was a couple guys that um i had that i hadn't played with before and uh like well i played with chris warren in the tournament but like Tariko white was another guy that like i didn't play with him at Ole miss but people don't you know you can you only have four years of guys being together and that's what i think is awesome what the amount of colleges that put together these alumni teams is because now the alumni actually get to see the best players from these schools play together and on a platform that you can watch it from your laptop from your phone you know while you're at work um, while you're at home and, you know, that's, 
that's that's a difference for me and like the co- college sports as compared to professional sports is just like how much more passion there is in, in the fan interactions. And I mean, it just means so much more at that level. And so now you're able to bring in these guys who are now playing professionally, bring them back to represent their college. And then now you get all those alumni bases that, I mean, heck, I saw the B- VCU, they packed out the gym. It was like they were playing in the NCAA tournament in TBT, you know? And so that stuff, um, for me, uh, that's that's one of the things about TBT that I, that I really, really love. I have a I have a question for you, and it's really going to set up a, a follow up question. But um, so that first game you played, which also happened to be the first game ever in TBT, I believe it was an eight a.m. tip, which obviously is not what TBT looks like anymore. Did you almost miss an alarm? Was there any complications, or you were like, "I'm going to be there"? No, I'm there. I'm, I I wake up ready. Um, you know, I. I will, uh, I'm, I'm too loud for people in the morning, <laughs> especially now that I'm older. Like it's crazy how age changes you. Like, I, I mean, I'd always wake up and have energy in the morning, but like I've wake up really early now for no reason. <laughs> it's like, I don't have any room, really where to go, um, at 6am, but for whatever reason I'm up, but you know, to make a 7am weights in college, it would be hard to actually get out of bed. Uh, but no, nah, I, I always, that's something my dad actually instilled in me when I was younger is uh, the best team doesn't win the morning game. It's always who's awake. And so uh, that's just one thing that I always try to take advantage of, especially uh, in college. Sometimes you get the 11 a.m. game in basketball, and I always like those because you just wake up and get right to it. Absolutely. Makes makes a ton of sense. Um, So you woke up for the game. You didn't have any risk of missing it. We've heard stories over the years of, like, a fifth guy showing up, you know, minutes before the game. Do you feel responsible, and does it feel like without Marshall Henderson, there's no TBT? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I I, I loved it, and I I there was I don't know how many people played in that first one that really continued to be a part of TBT the way I was trying to do it, promoting it, and you know, really getting involved with the general manager stuff. And um, yeah, it, it it's always nice when you when you are able to be a part of something when it's first begins and then help with the growth of it. And then now, now it's so mainstream that it's just on ESPN, <laughs> you know, on the, uh, people are like, Oh, you want some TBT game? I'm like, no, I have, I can't watch TBT because I suffered a really bad loss one year. And it's just like, it was emotional for us. I remember um, one of the guys on my team, BJ Young, we blew a nine point lead and uh, it was the sweet 16. We would have played overseas elite. And because uh, I've been saying they've been they dodged me like all four years they won. And so uh, B, I remember BJ, like, I, I, I was shocked to see guys emotional after a loss because it's like, OK, well, we still go play our go back. We saw our contracts, you know, that we can go play with. And BJ was like, man, I don't want to go back overseas. This is supposed to be a great way for me not to go back. And I was like. Oh man, I, I was like, man, I'm crushed too. Uh, but you know that going back to what you were saying about the people, the fifth guy showing up, I believe the first year or the, the, the first year overseas elite won it, which was year two, Travis Bader flew in from a, like a workout in Oklahoma city. And he was their fifth guy in the, and just got there and they were the game before us. And they won the first two games, and then the rest of their team showed up, and then they won it three, four years in a row. So, you know, that 
fifth guy showing up is crucial because it actually won a team many championships. It's you, you mentioned a lot of your your teammates that you played with. Um, you know, you mentioned you got to play with Chris Warren in, in the tournament. Um, do you think guys like yourself and Chris Warren would have had a better opportunity to make the NBA if you were coming out of college now? Because we see in like TBT all these like the the model now in the NBA is like the smaller guards that can shoot. Or the or the bigger guys that could play the five if need be, et cetera. It's like you're either small or you're medium now in in the NBA. So my question, guys like you and Chris Warren that were really good in TBT, and now mm. we see NBA taking more of that TBT college bold. Like, do you think you, if your career happened, you know, the last four years, do you think your professional career looks different? No, I don't think. I, for me personally, no, because my 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 stuff was more off the court than on the court. So like that that's what ultimately did me in in the end. Um, Chris Warren, probably a better chance, I would say, because I, you know I think that there's so much with the because Chris was before me, and I, technology still wasn't like you weren't really just watching games on your phone all the time. And, Chris Warren's one of four players in the SEC with over 2,000 points and 500 assists. Like that's not a stat that you just over. And he's won he won big games. He's he's a champion and uh, like MVP. He's got individual and team accolades over. And uh, you know I probably have a better chance because you see a guy like Carson Ed, um, from um, Purdue who was able to get in uh, with the Celtics and he was um, you know a shorter scoring point guard and uh yeah i think for chris Wolf, we have a better chance now um because and the get with the games changed a little bit more you know he played for andy kennedy so it was green light always but other teams are playing a little faster pace so he his numbers might even mean even more economical than what he put up in college makes a ton of sense do you think you know of all the places you've played you've played tbt you've played overseas you've played you know college basketball what, what are some of the big differences in all the areas that you've played? And you, you can start with TBT because that's obviously what we're talking about. But what's the style of play like in TBT compared to what? You know, college, et cetera? Well, you know, uh, the funny, the, the interesting part is the rule. There's actually like rule differences kind of in some of in, in the different uh, leagues. Like you can't, you know, the, with the Elam ending in TBT overseas, you can't like, they call travels on American dudes all the time, trying to push the ball out. You know, that's, that's a travel, um, you know, different things like that are, you have to make adjustments and try and plan for, uh, you know, TBT is the, it's the teams I feel like are more now, but it was almost like a glorified rec league for a minute, which is why I saw the opportunity early before people were catching on that, that like what overseas elite did, like they hit it perfectly. That's what I was trying to do because I saw, that there wasn't a lot of competition, the high-level competition that there is now. Um, but with pros, pros obviously know the game better. And so you'll get a better brand of basketball on the floor than just, like, you know, former guys playing in a rec league. Um, obviously, there's more the, – the level of competitiveness in the games are going to be higher. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot more score on this side of, of the world than there is uh, on the other side. Um, unless you're in China, for whatever, you're averaging like 70 a game out there. 
So we we've seen a ton of really special environments now with TBT, which is something new that you know you didn't get to really experience as much with the Wichita States getting to host Dayton got to host a, a regional and championship week and their team made it, you know, mm-hmm. to the last four teams. What were some of the crazy college road environments that you played and ultimately thrived in? Maybe some under the under the table that like, hey, you wouldn't think that place is a crazy place to play. Well, I I get this question a lot and the number one answer will never change. 1000% when we played at BYU when they had Jimmer Forget. Um, I actually kind of backslapped the dude and got ejected. It was so crazy. Um, the beginning of the game, I mean, they're putting in over 20,000 people in this place. And you want to talk about passionate fans. You ain't like, you go out to Provo, it's a complete different scene. And at the time, I was playing for Utah. So that's obviously one of the biggest rivalries there is. And I come walking out hour and a half, two hours before the game. I'm always the first person on the floor. And they already have like, 15,000 students sitting there, and it's just me and my coach. The game starts, and this is the only place that this ever happened to me where I literally, the, where everything was shaking. I've never I've never had the shakes um, at a basketball game. And uh, the, uh, I mean, I mean, at the beginning of the game, dude dumps it, and I'm just running back, running to the, other, the corner, and everything's going like this. And... We were down, we got down like 20 early because you can't think, you can't hear, you have no idea what's going on. Then you finally settle in. By the time we settle in, we, we cut the lead. I think I hit a three, cut it to four or something. And Jimmer decided to go on a 9-0 run by himself. He had he wound up with 39 points that game. It was, and I also tell people that was one most besides the Nerlens Noel game when he had 13 blocks against us against at Ole Miss. That was the most dominant player. In one game that I was that I actually played in, it was the Jimmer Fredette takeover. It was insane, and uh, yeah, and then I wound up getting ejected because I couldn't control myself because I was I was a freshman and that was the first time I'd been somewhere like that. But then, you know, I played in a bunch of like played in Florida. Obviously, Florida was really good, and their crowd was good. Tennessee, Kentucky. Uh, it's a bunch of old people in Kentucky though. Kentucky's not a the, the space scares you more in Kentucky than the noise, um, but. Yeah, that uh, that BYU experience was one that will be unmatched forever. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, you don't you probably don't want to go schedule like I'm talking coaching. You don't want to maybe schedule a road game at BYU, but for the purpose of going to a really awesome college environment game, especially when Jimmer Forget was playing, then uh, that was that was the number one spot to go to. Do you think that helped you in future road games throughout your career? Oh, absolutely. Um, that. Because that year in the Mountain West, we put four teams in the in the NCAA tournament. New Mexico was top ten, BYU was top ten, San Diego State was top ten. That was Kawhi Leonard. He beat me out for freshman of the year, and you know, obviously, he's turned into a pretty good player. <laughs> and uh, um, and then UNLV. And so playing in that Mountain West when I was a freshman definitely helped me. Um, but it was more so when I was in high school. Uh, the road environments prepared me for college. Obviously, there's more. There, I mean, there's uh, exponentially more um, people in the crowd at college games. But at high school, I was always the guy that everyone wanted to go, you know, cheer at, yell at, whatever. And you know, I was learning in high school to to play well on the road and you know, kind of get into it, man. So that set me up well for college. <laughs> 
Do you have do you have a favorite? And I use favorite as a loose term, but a favorite technical ejection, you know, altercation slash fight story that you're like, all right, this one was a little off the rails, but this is my favorite. Well, the funny thing is, so everyone obviously knows the Auburn thing when uh, when we win the game, and I kind of pop the pop the jersey. What people don't know is that same incident happened the year before when I was in junior college. I hit a buzzer beater. Uh, my, my junior college team went 36-0. We had a big dude named Yannick Marrera who played two years at SMU afterwards, 6'11 guy. He got, it was a junior college ejection. Like, he, he rebounded, elbowed a guy. They said he punched him in the face, gets ejected. So we don't have him. We're playing at New Mexico Junior College, which is a really good basketball school. <clears throat> Game goes to overtime. They had their, their baseball fans or their baseball players for their, their main fans right behind the bench. And uh, I wind up hitting a buzzer beater in the corner and uh, to win. And my team, I, I'm on like this, and I'm kind of, there was like 0.6 left. So I'm kind of just sidestepping down. Team comes and mobs me. It just happens to be right in front of the bench and their fans. And like, if we move the whole scores table, like gets pushed all the way into the, into the bleachers. And we're jersey popping, and we're there was probably some ju- juco stuff being said and, and actions on that. And so, like, we did, we, they separated us. It almost turned to a brawl, kind of. It was like a bunch of little, you know, chess shoves, you know, basketball brawl. And uh, we get into the, the hallway. They finally get us in there, and there's just like these stacks of chairs. And for whatever reason, we felt like bosh bedding, like we were WWE, and just start throwing chairs off the walls and like, uh, we get, we, we finally calm down. The coach gets us calm. We get on the bus and we're driving out of town. And there's like a parade of cars just sitting there waiting. They just launched apples, oranges, bananas, like all kinds of fruit. Just pegged our bus with it. And uh, I got it was funny. Then a couple cars started following us. And I had some. I had three teammates from Baltimore, and so they they know a little more than I do. And uh, they're like, "Yo, we gotta get down." You know, I'm like. This is New Mexico and ain't Baltimore. And they're like, nah. You can't. And so, uh, you know, there's some of these things that happened like at Ole Miss, they had happened previously. And so, you know, everything was just setting the stage. I love it. That's a, that's a great story. Do you have any, and I, I should probably know this, but you, of course, would have lived it. Any TBT altercations of memory to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, we had, we had a really good one. So, uh, the third year we played, let's see, we were playing in Charlotte. I think we were in Charlotte. And uh, we had we had our six guys ready for round one and two. <laughs> so everyone seems to only have five or six. And, uh, you know, and this is another thing about TBT. You get to see some really, really good international pros, or Americans that are playing internationally. That, that, the first game we were playing a bunch of Texas Tech dudes. And John Roberts was our point guard, and we had Chris Bourne. Well, they both were the two first-team All-Euro Cup. Like, I mean, for people who don't know the Euro Cup, it's the Euro League is the best teams from every country, and the Euro Cup is second best, and or third best. And uh, Chris Bourne and John Roberts in that year were the two guards that were first-team All-Euro Cup. It's like you're not you're not gonna, and they, we won by one point. And so it's like you didn't you're not gonna find watch two better players in the world get to square off in a random game, you know, like that's actually meaningful. And so unless you're, you know, you're streaming it from wherever country they're in. And so uh, we win that game. 
And the funny thing is that we had a couple of big dudes on our team. And, you know, one of the guys, Calvin Godfrey, he was our bustle. And we went, we're all like, okay, we got to play Yancey Gates next. And so a lot of people can remember Yancey Gates throwing those haymakers when he was at Cincinnati. And Calvin was like, uh, Calvin was like, man, I don't know. This dude's on another level. And I'm like, okay, if you're worried, now I'm worried. <laughs> like, you're the guy that ain't supposed to be worried about this. So we wound up actually beating them. We, we beat them pretty good. And uh, Yancey goes to Yancey and, and it's like, he's like cussing out the refs, his coach. We're sitting there like, we, we're like, this is going down as he's getting ejected, like, uh, like thrown out of the arena, basically. <laughs> We're like trying to steer clear. We don't want to, we don't, we're not, we're all like this. And we don't want him to see us laughing because we don't want him to be right over to us. But uh, yeah, that was, I always like it when guys wind up in actual character. <laughs> you know, everyone comes to see, you're like, you've heard the stories and you're like, maybe he'll actually do it. And he does it. And you're, you witness it firsthand. And uh, you know, that one, that, it was fun for me to actually watch somebody else, um, you know, just kind of just, have a have a moment, you know. Normally it's me having moments, so that was good. That was a good one right there. <laughs> well, my my final question I have for you, I'm going to take you back a few years, okay? I'm a I'm a stretch four, okay? Really athletic, really really strong, can really shoot the ball. You know, I'm playing overseas. You you're you're familiar with my game, but I'm not familiar with TBT because it's only 2015. Mm-hmm. Recruit me to your team. Well, the first part is starting out by saying there's $2 million <laughs> there's $1 million, whatever it was. And you get to, um, you know, you divide, you get to choose who makes the salaries. And, you know, for instance, when I was recruiting Chris Warren, then we had, it was the $2 million. He was making 800, but he was going to make 800,000. And, you know, for me, that was because, and then, you know, I had a couple other guys that played with me and they're like, who are we playing with? Luckily, a lot of guys kind of know each other from here to there. And so that's how you can kind of rally up. Like, hey, here's the other guys on the team. And uh, this is what we need from you. And when I put that team together, that was our best team. You know, I told everyone, I said, look, when the ball, when it's the end of the game and all of us make game winning shots, but there's only one of us that's going to do it, it's going to be Chris Warren. The ball's going to be his hand. He's made, he, and we're going to pay him the most money. You know what? Everyone agreed with it. <laughs> like, and that, that's a hard, that sometimes that's a hard decision to like come to. Um, but, you know, my friend BJ was like, wow, he, you know, BJ Young's like, oh, so you would defer to him? I'm like, yes, I would. <laughs> He's the best players. And so, yeah, when it came to recruitment, you know, hey, hey this is what, this is the team I'm looking at. Always, I always send the guys that I, that I want on the team. This is where your role is. This is, you know, We'll divide up the money evenly, but like if you win, you're not going to be upset. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, it's just about getting to weekend number one and having your team there and getting past that. Because um, then you know we lost when we lost in, in the weekend number two. You you add players and it's you know it's already hard enough to try and get guys that to play together to have some sort of chemistry, but then you add player, you know you get. You win a couple and, you know, it's like, oh, we all know each other, like the backside of our hands now, and then add a couple, and then it kind of doesn't mesh well, um, you know. So that's, that, you know, that's another hard part about TBT, trying to get a team with chemistry, because really 
that's probably the most important part. You need the talent, but you need the chemistry. Um, so yeah, that's just how I, that's how my recruitment went down. All right, makes a ton of sense. Well, Marshall Henderson, I appreciate this. I don't know what your summer plans look like, but you definitely got to get out some to some TBT games this year. It's going to be a great tenth tournament. Wow. You got to get, get out there. You got to maybe, maybe find a coaching spot. Well, y'all need to come to Texas. I've been trying to get TVT to come to Dallas for the last, for 10 years. Can't. Everyone, everyone wants to go out east. I'm like, yo, we got to, Texas got ballers. You, you don't wind up with a team full of dudes from Texas that you don't even know. You're like, who are these guys? You know, kind of like this team from Chicago that we lost to in year one. There's some, some old guys that come out and bust you. <laughs> that have been playing, but just, you know, because some of these, you know, that, like that team, they've probably been playing, and I would assume, play together in leagues all around Chicago, you know, and you get some chemistry from that because that's where I, my life is right now. I'm in Dallas on, on the rec league teams, and, you know, I just moved back to Dallas about a month ago, so now I'm getting uh, my guys back. And, and it's weird because we're old now. This I was playing against a dude, and he was like, I'm like, what league y'all? And he's like, oh, we in this 30 and up league. I'm like, 30 and up league? I forgot that I'm 32. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> I think I think TBT could sell out Jerry World for championship week. Definitely. I don't think – I think Mark Cuban would be down to have it in the AAC. He's always, he's always up for uh, innovative ideas. Send, him, send me his number, and I'll, I'll get on that right away. <laughs> First year. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Joining me now on Inside TBT, John Hara, Penn State legend, and now has decided that they will be applying for TBT 2023 as the Happy Valley Hoopers. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Andrew. I'm, I'm pumped, pumped to talk about some TBT. I'm pumped to talk about some Happy Valley Hoopers. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll definitely touch on all things John Hara and Penn State. But first, walk us through your decision to lead the charge of putting a TBT team in. Why did you decide to do it? Yeah, I got the chance uh, last year to play with the men of Mackey with Purdue. And, I mean... <laughs> You would have thought it was Jay Wright building this program. The way that the guys over there had the culture and everything with the, with the TBT team just really like wanted me to have that same thing with Penn State. Uh, they did such a good job of organizing, of playing basketball, of having fun, of, of, of everything. So they uh, they helped me. Uh, Ryan Kay, who is their GM, he helped me a little bit and he, he gave me the tools and I'm kind of just trying to take it off from there. And I, I want I want to build the Penn State TBT. I think we have a lot of good players that are overseas that are in the G League that can put together their competitive team. And I think we're going to have a couple more in the future that are at Penn State now. So I'm excited. Absolutely. There's always, you know, kind of two rosters that come about. There's the roster that, you know, after you played over the summer, you thought this is who I'm going to get to play TBT. And then there's the roster that, you know, you guys have come forward with to begin the process. So, so walk me through those guys. Who's on the squad as of now? Yeah, I, well, I, I want to first start off by saying the 2020 season was our best season. So there's a bit of hunger in that little COVID tear that kind of broke the team apart. So we're ready to play in that in that tournament, whatever it may be. But 
as of now, we have uh, commitments from Tony Carr, who I'm really excited about, one of my favorite players to play with just because I just stand under the basket and he kind of just lets me do a, get a wide-open layup. Um, we have Nas Bostic. We have Shep Gardner. We have Mike Watkins, uh, Trent Patrick, Jamari Wheeler, uh, Curtis Jones, who's played in the TBT. And, you know, we're, we're, we have Josh Rees as well. And then we're hoping for maybe one or two more Nittany Line alums that could, could uh, come on board who've played overseas eight to nine years. So I, I like my roster right now. I can't lie. I'm, I'm very, very pumped up about it. It's it's super exciting. You know, we're excited that you guys are are applying. It's going to be a competitive field. You know, hopefully you guys get in. You talked about your experience last year with Purdue, uh, men of Mackey. Is that a matchup you would like to see? You know, Penn State versus Purdue and TBT. I would love that. So today I actually actually tech in the group chat my nittany lines are taking on the boilermakers at the palestra tonight and uh i texted in the group chat the menomaki group chat talking my shit got them fired up they came back at me with some with some hot stuff so i, I would love to keep it going because i'm i'm keeping that rivalry going so i would love to i would love to play robbie hummel i'd love to match up against robbie hummel <laughs> love to play <laughs> Some sure. some of the the coolest parts of TBT are are the random matchups like that. John Hara, you know, blocking Robbie Hummel. Who knows if Robbie's able to get up and down the yeah. court still? But you know, that's that's some of the the golden moments are the wow. These guys are playing against each other. But yeah. back back when you were in college at Penn State, what what were some of the environments or matchups that you looked forward to? Because you you were there a while, so you obviously had stuff early on that you then looked forward to later on. No, for sure. Uh, like Big Ten wise, um, definitely Michigan State. I love playing Michigan State. I love Coach Izzo. Always wanted to play for Coach Izzo. Just his demeanor and everything about him. Obviously, Ohio State, the Penn State. I've learned. Sadly, it saddens me that you guys really don't care about us over at Penn State, but. We really care about you guys, and I know you guys have that Michigan thing, but we still want to beat you guys and hope you feel the same way. But it was always a battle uh, going up against you guys in basketball. And uh, what are some other ones? I love Rutgers. I love I'm, – I'm close to New Jersey where I grew up, and playing in Rutgers is probably the best place to play. I've never been insulted more in my life. So uh, I, I love Rocky. Those, those three teams, though, for sure. Those are good answers. I think, you know, what, what people always talk about is that it's, it's impossible to have a guaranteed road win in the Big Ten. So I'm, I'm sure you either feel the same way or feel similar. On the other end, at home, can you talk a little bit about what the home environment meant to you playing at home at Penn State? Yeah, I mean, listen, the BJC, 
we've had people come in, drop 30 on us and tag our student section, all that stuff. It's, it's Penn State's a football school, but man, we built it up that one year, uh, 2019, 2020. We had 15,000 people in it selling out games. Um, so I remember all these games that, that, man, they brought the juice. And if you win at Penn State, the fans want to support you and the fans will love you up. So I know that's going to happen with Shrews and nah, it's, it's, it's it's important though to really love up your fans and and have fun with them too so something that we've seen in tbt with champs is normally the champs if they're an alumni team they got a piece or two that's not the alumni team you know Bayheim's army they had a few syracuse guys they had a bunch of non-alumni ohio state you know carmen's crew when they won they had a few non-alumni that really you know pushed them over the edge my question to you is of all the Big Ten guys that you played in your time, if you could pluck any of them off, you know, of their alumni team, if they're in TBT or wherever they're playing, and add them to Happy Valley Hoopers, who would it be? Man, that is a tough question. You know who I would go with, though? Just because I, I love this guy's style, and I think everyone's does. I know he's in, in, in one of the best Euro League teams right now, Carson Edwards, for sure. He 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 came into Bryce Jordan Center, what I was saying earlier, and gave our team 44. So 44 in the Big Ten too is not like that's not that's a lot of points. That's not 44 in the NBA. That's probably like Devin Booker's 71. So yeah, yeah Carson Edwards for sure. That's, that's a good answer. He he would be not only dominant with you guys, he would be dominant on any TBT yeah. teams. He's probably on the short list of, like, top free agents for TBT. For sure. I'm sure Manamaki tried. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about moments that you didn't love when guys came in and scored, you know, 30 on you or losing to Ohio State, playing Ohio State tight. When you think – my time at Penn State, we did this, this, and that. What What's the top number one or top two moments that, that stick to you, that you tell people, this is my favorite moment when I was playing at Penn State? Yeah, sure. I, the pleasure games tonight, and I always tell people one of my favorite uh, games was we played Iowa um, at the pleasure, went up against Luca Garza, and the pleasure is 20 minutes from my house. My family, my friends were there. Penn State has a huge following in Philly. So that's definitely one of my favorite games. Uh, and, and we won. Um, I had a lot, all the Philly supporters. And then, you know what? Like my fifth year just all together is, is one of my favorite memories because I did my four years of college. I had my fun. I had a lot of fun. And then my fifth year, I kind of just like, became part of the town if that makes sense i was like a local i was italian and i got to enjoy it i was in massive school so i, I took like a different perspective to it and man, i really enjoyed it i i talked to the to the local people more i got to know the local coffee shop people just stuff like that i, I really enjoyed that fifth year and, and seeing coach shrews come in and now i get to after playing with him for a year i get to root them on now and 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 follow the guys still. So just that whole fifth year. You mentioned an extra year. Jamari Wheeler chose to, you know, do an extra year at Ohio State. Is he a traitor? Are you going to welcome back that? Welcome him back to Happy no. Valley Hoopers with open arms? What's the story there? 
Jamari was my roommate for four years. So Jamari's the he's on the Happy Valley Hoopers for sure. I've I've been talking to him. He's in Sylvania right now. He's playing well. Um listen, when the one thing that most people don't understand about college hoops is players commit to coaches, right? They don't really commit to schools. And some in some cases they they fall in love with the school like I did, but you you commit to that coach and that program that you're going to. And Jamar our coach ended up leaving and, and whatever happened. So then Jamari has to recommit to another coach. And I don't know, that whole trader stuff. Listen, we were calling Jamari a trader and then Ohio State came to our house and beat us. So I don't know how well that went. And Jamari was smiling the whole 40 minutes he was on the court. So I don't know about that one. But <laughs> no, nah, that's all other guys welcome back. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure you're gonna be happy to have him back. On, on your team. Uh, you mm-hmm. mentioned where Jamari's playing. You, know, you mentioned Carson Edwards. Update the fans. Update the TBT world. Where are you right now? Yeah, I'm in Spain. I'm in uh, the Spanish second league, which is Lebora. And, uh, man, it is it is a physical league. Yeah, I want to say it's the Big Ten, but it doesn't have that, much, that great of athletes as the Big Ten. Like, there's no... There's Seven three dudes in this league, but there's no like athletic wings like uh, Malachi Brandon. There's no Malachi Brandon. There's no wing, but there's a lot of talent. And uh, uh, in Spain, the everyone thinks uh, first league in Spain is the best league in Europe outside of the you know the European leagues like Euroleague and all that. So we get to play some of the teams that got uh, relegated, and they got really good rosters. It's a lot of the I'm learning European basketball. It's a little different. You you know, you gotta I, I say to myself, I gotta learn the vet stuff. There's a lot of veteran stuff that you know you don't know your rookie year. So taking it day by day, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the culture. You know, it's it's a good country to live in. So I'm having fun. A lot of the TBT players say, and you and you may now know this yourself after playing last year, that TBT is very similar to, you know, overseas basketball, the style, the veteran guys, you know, know how to get theirs. So yeah. hopefully you're a seasoned vet come this summer, at least in <laughs> TBT. I want to ask you about a different sport, though. I was doing a little research. Did you try out for the Eagles? Is that the accurate <laughs> version of the story? I did. I'm, I'm a huge tryout guy. Um, I tried out for Penn State basketball as well, but I use that as a joke. I did try out for the Eagles. Uh, Penn State alum on the Eagles recruiting staff, Scout, he uh, he reached out to me and he said, you know, there's a tight end right now that were former basketball players. We have one from uh, Penn State, Ross Travis. And um he wanted me to give it a go, and I, I, I went all in. I tried gaining, like, 15 pounds, eating whatever. My stomach hurt. Definitely wasn't the right way to do it, but I tried bulking up, and I, I, I had my weekend tryout. Um, I tried for another month and a half to keep working out, working on the footwork, uh, working on all, all of that stuff, and then nothing really came of it. So probably late July, I was like, yeah going to need a job i'm either going to be working at you know boeing or you know, a businessman or <laughs> i'm going to go overseas so the tbt i really give credit though to the tbt and i my agent and i talk 
about this all the time is I kind of fell out of the basketball world, you know, because I was like a football player trying, I was a wannabe football player. And then I uh, got the chance to play in the DBT. Very grateful for the men of Mackey and that kind of started moving things again and, you know, something to talk about. So it's definitely helped my, my career. That's, that's great to hear. Is it safe to say that the Eagles are as good as they are because you were involved in minicamp? Yes, I've been using that joke all year. <laughs> I, I've been using it all year. They're undefeated right now. Jalen Hurts is not undefeated right now, but they're, they're undefeated in the undefeated way. Jalen Hurts is he's back. The Eagles are dangerous though right now. It's, it's such a joke. It's so funny too because you know my friends were the biggest Eagles fans. The year they won the Super Bowl, I watched every game. I I, I look like a regular dude from Philly going to an Eagles game, um, and then I tried out for them. So it's fun. You know, <laughs> it's a good time. In a, in a different universe, you're on the Eagles, and we're not having this conversation right now. But we are having this conversation because John Hara and Penn State alum, Happy Valley Hoopers, have applied for TBT, or they, they intend to apply for TBT. Application period is not open yet. John, before I let you go, anything else? Any questions for me? Anything else you want you know the world to know about your team? What do you got? Man, I'm 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 just excited. Uh, I, as I was saying, th this group of guys, you know, we we kind of had that period where the COVID shut us down, and we were on on top of the world, tenth tenth in the country, ninth in the t in the country. We were ready to go, and and now I'm glad just to get these guys back together and uh, compete in, in the tournament, in the summer tournament, in the playoff tournament, and and then just have fun, man. Just be around each other. That's what I learned with the men of Mackey. These guys, they, they've been teammates four years, and they still talk to each other. They know their kids. They know their moms. And and to me, that's, that's what the TBT allows you to do with this alumni team. So, man, I'm pumped up. I love it. We're, we're fired up as well. I'm fired up. Let's get you in there. Going to be having double-doubles all TBT long. John Harrow, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this kickoff to season four episode. Should say tip-off, basketball podcast. Hope you enjoyed this tip-off to Inside TBT season four. If you want to hear more from the show, make sure you're following at Inside TBT on both Twitter and Instagram. Some great memes on those pages. Some great viral moments on those pages, clips from the interviews. If you want to watch these interviews, maybe a little late to say this because you're not going to want to re-watch something you already listened to. But if you ever want to watch the interviews, they are all on YouTube. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, we're going to be highlighting and outlining the first nine tournaments of TBT because this is the 10th anniversary. Make sure you're following at the tournament on Twitter and at the dot tournament on Instagram for all the highlights from all of TBT. Exciting time. One more thing I didn't talk about at the top of the show, which is a big time announcement. TBT is going back to Wichita. Some of the most electric moments have happened in Wichita with the Aftershocks. The top five highest attended games in TBT history. You guessed it, all in Wichita. We're coming back to break the record, hopefully. That's the goal this year. So, Exciting stuff coming in TBT. Follow all the pages. Tickets on sale April 1st. Hope you 
hope you enjoyed this episode. Talk to you next Thursday. Busting through the pavement, right with it, and lean with it. My team win it, my team win it. Now right with it, and lean with it. My team turn up when I spit it. Now right with it, and lean with it. My team win it, my team win it. Now right with it, and lean with it. My team turn up when I spit it. Don't think that I'm playing because I'm saving the game, and I said that I will be more because oh yeah. So raving, racing, and pacing around all these lames in my lane, out my way, unless you're trying to pay me. Not from the playpen, it's coming from the jungle. When you hear the bell, you better be ready to rumble because I'ma grab the gloves and I'm gonna flex my muscles. Go ahead and spit some bars, but you're probably just gonna mumble. A lot of rappers these days really need to get them humble because they think they at the top, they better stop before they stumble. Because I'm swiping all their bitties while they swiping right up bumble. And your girl, he calls me daddy, but she only calls you uncle. Wave that